Payback Time is a podcast about building businesses, wealth, and financial freedom. We try to uncover the challenges our guests faced, the mistakes they made, and the steps they took to achieve their goals. The overall objective is to provide you with a roadmap that leads to your own success. Sean Tepper is your host. Are you ready? It's Payback Time. My next guest is a high school dropout, moved to the U.S. to work as an actress, then moved back to Australia to continue working as an actress, and then started a dog walking business. As she learned, the freelance journey can be a rocky road filled with inconsistent income streams. On top of that, she managed to rack up about 25K in debt by spending money on things she didn't really need. I can relate as my 20s were very similar. Then a shift occurred and she created a process to work her way out of debt. And one way she was able to speed up the process was with the help of Phil Town. If you don't already know, Phil Town was a major influence on my life as well. She's since applied his teachings on value investing and paid off a significant amount of debt while earning 30% in the stock market. In this episode, she talks about how she got started, some of the challenges she faced, how many stocks she holds, and how she manages emotions. Please welcome Claire Sara. Claire, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Sean. It's really, really a massive honor to be invited. I'm excited to hear your story. I know we connected through a friend of ours, Mark Lantry, and you're a Phil Town fan. So I think this is going to be a really good episode on value investing. So if you would, uh, could you take it away and tell us about your career background? My career background is a uh... Probably very different to a lot of your listeners. I'm a high school dropout and (laughs) I did that so that I could go and get a job because I knew that I wanted to move to America and where I lived for a couple of years, trained as an actor, came back to Australia, studied acting, got very little work along the way, Mm -hmm. started a, I've been a small business owner for about seven years. Okay. So I have a, a dog walking business and I'm also a support worker. So I'm probably a fairly regular Joe Blow. <laughs> I would say so. Yeah, a regular yeah. person like all of us. And, and that's regular a lot of the ticker. Person. Yeah. A lot of the, what I refer to the ticker community, and this is more of myself, is like we're just a bunch of regular people and we like investing you know, in yeah. the stock market. So absolutely. <laughs> that's really cool background. I'm, I'm a big animal fan. I, I, you know, love animals. So I really respect your dog walking business there, but um, let's go ahead and dive into your investing background a little bit. So when did you get started? What year was that? Well, I, I did a little bit of research cause I didn't realize how recent it was. It's mm-hmm. actually, um, I first started thinking about investing in October of 2018. Okay. And I read a book called The Barefoot Investor by Scott Pape, and which I think for your American audience is very similar to who's the guy that is all about buying everything with cash? Uh, Dave Ramsey. Dave Ramsey. So he's, yes. I've heard him referred to as Australia's Dave Ramsey. Got it. Um, and at the time I had about $25,000 worth of credit card debt that mm. I've just racked up over the years buying, you know, really important things like meals out, 
uh, coffee <laughs> with friends, <laughs> overseas holidays, you know, very, very, yes, very, very important, important things. <laughs> the, um, all of the, the joyous things that we <laughs> like to blow our money on in our 20s, I would say. And yes. so I read this book and uh, that was recommended to me by a dear friend who I will be eternally grateful to. Mm-hmm. And it just totally changed my my life and my world around. And in in this book, he talks a lot about buying property. And at the time, like how that is the most important first investment for people to make. Sure. But at the time I was living in Melbourne, Australia, where the price for a two-bedroom apartment was like a million dollars. So I was like, okay, cool. Well, I'll be able to buy a house in 70 years. So that's <laughs> terrible. Sure. And I thought there's there's got to be another way. So I, it got me really, really, really curious about A, paying off my debt and B, learning how to invest. Right. And I jumped onto... YouTube, obviously, the first port of call for any educational purposes. Mm-hmm. And I discovered uh, Brandon from New Money. There's a YouTube channel called New Money, which is really, really awesome. That I highly recommend anyone interested in investing, check out. He's also a massive fan of Phil Town's work. He's a value investor too. So okay. shout out to Brandon. And from there, my learning and interest in investing just grew and grew and grew and grew. Um, and it wasn't until October of 2019 that I actually made my first investment. Okay. So 2018, 2019 was where I got started. That that makes sense. So it sounds like a solid six to 12 months of good research. Yes. And that was, I was able to view my massive debt as kind of an opportunity to to use that time to learn and to grow. Like while I was, I was very actively focused on mm-hmm. paying down my debt. I was learning as much as I possibly could about how to invest. What am I going to do with money once I actually have some of it of my own? Right. And it was a real, it was a, a massive blessing. And I certainly hadn't paid off all of my $25,000 of debt mm-hmm. in, in that one year, but I was well on my way and I believe I, I'm an actor, so I, I do commercials from time to time. And, sure. um, and I got a, an ad and was able to pay down some of my debt pretty quickly. But I also was like, oh, maybe I'm just going to take a little bit of that money and start investing with it and start like as a little reward to myself for yeah. all of my hard work. So I made my first investment then, which was... Very exciting. Yes. Well, let's dive into that. So um, how much did you invest, that first investment? That first time? Yep. uh, It was $2,000. Okay. Yep. Good starting point. Yeah, it was good. Good to dabble with. And and I'm curious, uh, what did you, uh, did you go into individual stocks, mutual funds, ETFs? No, I, the first thing I did was very much a a Scott Pape barefoot investor investment in a very broad Australian ETF. Okay. Yeah. It was also, I had just started reading rule one around that time as well. And so I was certainly not confident with that way of investing. So I I thought until I know what I'm doing, I'm going to just invest in ETF. So I did that for about six months, I think. 
Okay. Yeah. And a quick shout out for those that don't know, rule one is one of the two books that, you know, when people join Ticker, I do recommend, I recommend rule one and payback time. Great book. So awesome. You started with the best of the best. That is the yes. top book, seriously, the top book for investing. So, so that yeah. makes sense. You were a little, little nervous about individual stocks, but you started with ETFs. We'll work our way here because I want to hear what you're investing in today, but we'll get there in a second. So can you share with the audience, because when you get started, there's a lot of fear, but can you share any challenges you faced um, since you've been investing? Uh, well, there have been a few challenges uh, last year the, when I lost all of my work and then had to move states and um, all of that sort of stuff throughout sure. You know what went on last year and this year. Uh, so that was a pretty massive challenge. But I, I think when I first started, probably the biggest challenge was not my fear around investing, but when I would communicate what I was planning to do with my money, with my friends and my family, people were so worried for me that I was going to be, <laughs> that I was going to be losing all of my money and gambling all of my money. Right. and. It was, I think, fairly easy for me to combat because I came from a place of having not very much money mm-hmm. and uh, not a, you know, my I very much came from working class kind of background. Yeah. Um, my parents always owned businesses. There was always like fluctuating amounts of money coming through the household. Yeah. So I think uh, Phil Town actually touches on it in his book mm-hmm. how he started with nothing. Yes. And from there was able to learn and grow. And I took so much inspiration from that. And I think it's one of the things that's made me feel very secure in my investing is that, like, I started with minus $25,000. So if I invest some money and I lose a little bit, which I fortunately haven't so far Great. in my investing journey, thank you. But if I were, like, when the time comes, I'm sure it will come. We'll make mistakes. Uh, Am I really losing anything? Because I didn't really have anything to begin with. So there's that. (laughs) Yes. When you start at zero, let's say, in your case, you're working yourself out of a hole and you're making great ground, it sounds like. But you're right. When you start there, it's like, hey, what do I have to lose here? But but fortunately, you find the right strategy off the bat because there's a lot of people and I'll share this real quick. I just heard a story of a guy who was using his parents' money to invest and he got into options and he got very greedy and he ended up getting himself into the hole a few million dollars. Oh. Yeah. His, I mean, his, I think his parents or his mother is at least taking him to court on this. I mean, the, the, oh, wow. rift, the rift it caused in the family is, is um, it's devastating because of the foundation of greed. You know, I just lost money. So what I'm going to do is raise my risk to get myself out of what I lost. And then you keep losing more and then you keep raising the risk. Okay. I got to, I got to risk more now to try to get myself out of the energy spirals. But um, in your case, you took a really logical approach and, and, you know, I can say, I mean, Phil Towns teachings are the best of the best. So Uh, I I feel so, so fortunate that it Mm. was the first thing I came across. Yeah. Because there's obviously a lot of people saying a lot of things <laughs> about oh, yeah. investing and, and mm-hmm. there's so many avenues you can do- go down and this just, it's like, 
when it's based on the teachings of the greatest investors of all time. And it's like, well, <laughs> that's right. probably. <laughs> it, exactly. And it can be hard for most to discern, like, who should I listen to? Because I know mm. we're talking about this before we jumped on the podcast. There's so many people on YouTube and now TikTok and there's so many blogs. And and where do you start? Like my journey was I, I, I was reading as many different books and, and jumping on as many different YouTube channels. And fortunately, I came across Phil, but my gosh, and you probably ran into it too. There's a lot of noise out there that oh yeah. Oh, it can be distracting. Yeah. 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 Before we jump into what your strategy is today, you and you made a really good point about the influence of those around you. And that's the same issue a lot of people have with starting a business. Like I like if you tell anybody what your goals are, it seems like everybody you're closest to is going to tell you not to move forward. Like don't yeah. start that business or don't invest and, and don't do this. Don't do that because there's, there's one or two reasons there. This is my opinion, at least it's either they want to protect you from loss or they're jealous of what you're doing. Right. Mm. Yep. And I, I think my, my experience was fairly exclusively people wanting to protect me from, yeah. from losing things. Most so I, I am grateful for people's concern. But it was really wonderful to have this mentor, Phil Town, uh-huh. to, <laughs> to kind of continue uh, falling back on and, right. and reading the stories of people who have followed this and done so so well mm. for themselves. It's it, Yeah, I just continuously surrounded myself, listening to podcasts and oh, reading. Yeah. I read so many books, watching YouTube that just, yeah. it was hard to be too concerned by people's concerns when I was hearing so many positive stories of people who had done and are doing so, so well. So, yeah. Yeah. When you lifted up your book there, the audience can't see, but you had a bunch of sticky notes on pages. My rule one book actually looks exactly the same. <laughs> oh, really? I did that. I'm doing um, my, my book club on my YouTube channel. And uh-huh. I did that to really be able to keep track of exactly yes. where I was up to in it. So yeah, nice. very helpful. <laughs> so let's dive in here. What is your current strategy today? Well, my current strategy is value investing mm-hmm. um following phil town's teachings as fairly strictly as i can however i do also still have my australian etfs and yeah. there are certain um tax benefits for doing that because all of Correct. my investments apart from my australian etf all of my investments are in uh, american companies so that just seems to make a lot of sense for to me for now. And yeah. also to protect me from if I, I'm very early on in my days. So I feel like that is protecting me from potentially making mistakes as well. Right. Gotcha. No, that makes sense. We have the same situation in the US is you create a tax event when you sell. So you try to mitigate your, your selling events as Mark our buddy Mark Lantry talked about is he's got a sticker on his keyboard that says, do not sell. Yes. <laughs> so yeah. it's a discipline of not selling. So I, I respect that. So it sounds like you're going, you are investing in individual companies now. Is that correct? Yes, I am. I'm investing right. in individual companies. Yes. Got it. Okay. And when was your last investment? Monday. All right. How often do you typically buy more stocks? Is it once a week, once a month? Uh, well, I have a system where I have money being transferred into my Australian, uh, the brokerage 
what are they called? <laughs> the online broker that I Correct. trade yep. through. I have one that I do my Australian shares through and one that I do my US trading through. So, uh, so I have a system where I funnel money into each week because I am a person who requires systems. <laughs> yep. So once it's funneled out, then I will wait until I have found a company that looks really awesome to invest in. But in my Australian ETF, what is it called? Oh my gosh, I'm so good at this. <laughs> uh, the Australian brokerage at the moment has a very wonderful plan going on until I think January next year where you can uh, buy Australian ETFs brokerage free. So I'm just buying them every week at the moment. Sure. There you go. Yeah. Why um, not? And and with the value investing strategy, can you tell us about your investment thesis a little bit? Like, are you looking for certain types of industries, maybe certain market cap? Can you share a little more? Well, I at the moment I don't really know what market cap means and things like that. Oh, at sure. the moment, I'm looking for companies that that jump out at me as being very like fairly ethical. I uh, okay. have a lot of uh, concerns for mankind and the planet. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's something that's really, really in- interesting to me and important to me to that they tick those sorts of boxes. I have gotten a lot of inspiration from the Invested podcast, Phil Town's podcast. Yep. Um, and if I hear about a company that sounds wonderful, then I'll look into it further. But I think my... I don't really have much of a thesis at the moment. That's it's okay. still I'm still just learning and reading as much as I possibly can about the companies that I hear about that sound wonderful. Your website has been amazing. And I was oh, very thank you. <laughs> you're welcome. I was super encouraged looking at your your portfolio and going, oh, I've got some of those. Nice. A little overlap. <laughs> there you go. Like, oh, that's cool. That's good. It's very encouraging. Nice. <laughs> So at the high level, you know, I look at the qualitative, you like ESG, your environmental, social and governance category, which that is a growing trend. A lot of people are looking at, you know, ethical stocks that align with what they're looking for. Can you let's jump past that a little bit. So I'm sure our audience wants to know, what are you looking at from the numbers standpoint? Because Phil gets into the margin of safety, sticker price. He's got he looks at the ROIC. Oh, yeah. Um, some of the other growth rates. So you could talk about that a little bit. Yeah, well, my main thing with following Phil Town's uh, way of investing is making sure that I anything that I am buying has a huge margin of safety. Nice. And that's one of the things that I am loving about your website, just having that just written there. <laughs> um, and, you know, to compare that to what I, because I'm in no way a mathematician, I get a little bit confounded by numbers some of the time. So it's wonderful to be able to compare your website to the work that I've done and have that can either confirm things for me that I've done a really cool job or or make me go, oh, my God, I'm pretty sure it must be me that's wrong. Um, But, you know, it makes me... Yeah, it's been really lovely. And I've only discovered your website like over the past few weeks and it's, it's so, so cool. Thank you. I appreciate that feedback. Well, I, mean, I was hoping the Phil Town uh, fans out there would be like, all right, this is what I've been waiting for. <laughs> Let's take a quick commercial break. 
Imagine this, you've been putting money away for years, if not decades, with the hopes to retire someday. But at the average rate of 6%, you realize you have to work another five to 10 years longer than expected. Not fun. And this is actually reality for a lot of people. An article from CNBC stated that in order for most millennials to retire by age 65, they have to start saving 50% of their paycheck or they'll continue working into their 70s and 80s. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be working well into my 70s if I don't have to. I want to enjoy freedom, freedom to spend more time with family, friends, traveling, and picking up new hobbies. In fact, I want to retire early, and I think most of you would agree. The problem is a 6% return just won't cut it. But did you know a 15% return can cut your retirement timeline nearly in half? Question is, how do you generate a 15% return in the market? Introducing Ticker, a software that helps beginner and experienced investors manage their own investments. I've been using Ticker to generate between 15 and 50% per year, and some of our customers have come forward and mentioned that Ticker is not only helping them take control of their investments, but it's also helping them match and beat market returns. But don't take my word for it. Check out our Trustpilot reviews to see what people are really saying. Get started today with a free trial. Visit ticker.com. That's T-Y-K-R.com. Again, ticker.com. So let's talk about your portfolio a little bit. Um, how many stocks do you currently hold today? Uh, I currently hold three stocks. Okay. And uh, that was until very, very recently. Um, I had a couple of others that I had just realized I hadn't even looked at them for like six months or something. I just wasn't sure. paying any attention and I looked at them and I saw they'd all, uh, like doubled in price, wow. which was awesome, but they also all now sucked. <laughs> oh, really? Are they starting to, are they starting in ticker? Are they changing from on sale to overpriced? They were absolutely overpriced. So I wow. saw them a few weeks ago. And then I looked at your website and I thought, oh, just look at what they're doing at the moment on here. And mm-hmm. I saw that they were massively, massively overpriced. So wow. that was cool. Little pat on the back for myself as well. For yeah, out. You, you exited at the right time, it sounds like. Yeah, That's great. absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> um, next question here is, can you share with, I know being a business owner, our, our, you know, our incomes can always fluctuate up and down every month, but what percentage of your monthly income would you say you invest every month? Uh, 15%. Do you? So nice. I'd average everything out, like what my previous financial year, what the income was. Mm-hmm. And I averaged that out for all of my, like I said previously, I'd have to have systems in place or it's just, I'm, yeah, that's why yep. I got into $25,000 worth of debt because I had exactly. no systems. <laughs> and it was how I got out of debt was creating systems. So nice. the moment money comes into my account, it's just like shot off into various places. So nice. yeah, 15% can confirm. <laughs> that's awesome. Good for you. The, the discipline of every month, sending that money to your, your broker. That's great. Um, and then can you share with the audience what because you started really in 19. What were your returns in 2020? Have you kept track of that? I have. I'm using ShareSite now. Are you okay. familiar with ShareSite? Yeah. Yep. I it met with them yesterday. Oh, cool. Yeah. So yeah. I, 
I checked it this morning and I have 30%. Nice work. Thank you. Thank you. Which is including my ETFs, which are obvious, like it's, they're like 7%. So I was like, oh. It's, it's just, a, just a, a dud holding you back. I'm, yeah, I know. <laughs> I, gotta, I really you should stop with that. But <laughs> you're not now you're not you're probably not buying more of that ETF or do you put a little bit into that? As I well? put a little bit in all the do time. You? OK, just a little downside protection. OK, I'll probably okay. stop doing that now that I'm really getting familiar with your website, though, Sean. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I like it. <laughs> just go in stocks, great businesses and, and you're good. Yeah. Can you share with the audience, did you did you make a big mistake? And it sounds like you really didn't because you haven't lost money. I haven't lost any money. Uh, however, probably my biggest mistake was selling Square. Oh, yes, yes. I've been there. I've sold businesses I should have held on to. This is mm. prior to what when Ticker was an actual software. But yeah, I've, I've made the same mm. mistake. <laughs> because it was, it, it doubled in mm-hmm. like what I had calculated for my margin of safety, it had doubled in like the share price was twice what it was. So I was like, it's time to sell without maybe looking and doing another calculation. Yes. Yes. Realizing (laughs) this, the sticker price is just increasing exponentially. And it's like, Oh, it can double again. And then again. Yeah. 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 But I just absolute, I, I was like, I need to stick to what I understand and I didn't understand enough yet, but that's okay. <laughs> that's all right. It's better than losing money. So yeah, good, I still still followed rule number one and didn't lose money. So that's right. And rule two. I don't two, mean to gloat, but then <laughs> <laughs> rule two, don't forget rule one. That's right. All right. Can you share with the audience your biggest investment success? Oh, getting started. Okay, nice. Just getting started because I think a lot of people just as so like, it took me a while. It took me a while to have the courage to, to jump in, but oh my goodness, I'm so grateful to myself for just getting started. Yeah, And that's what I think has helped take away the fear was getting started and realizing, oh, nothing bad happened. Right. <laughs> right. Good yeah. on you. I, that's, that's the real pat on the back right there is, is that first step to get started. That's awesome. Yeah. Nice. yeah. Here's a fun question for you. How do you manage emotions when you're investing? I just have a bubble bath. <laughs> just forget about everything. Just, just forget about it. <laughs> no, I, I think I manage emotions by like jumping back in and learning more and okay. tuning into the podcasts, tuning into YouTube and reading books and reminding myself that, you know, there's, there's ups and downs and it's, everything's going to be fine. (laughs) Just arming, I think arming yourself with knowledge is just the most empowering thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Cause you know, on the surface, a lot of people can feel like if they're not familiar with the stock market to investing on the surface, they can feel this is a form of gambling. And when you're armed with the knowledge and how to look at businesses, not stocks, as you know, Phil is mm. all, he's great about this. You're not buying a stock, you're buying a part of the business. Mm. When thinking that regard, you're going to think about the businesses you invest. And it sounds like you do that. You do your homework in the businesses and what you're doing, and then you can sleep better at night. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Next question here is why do you invest? Well, I want to be rich. (laughs) 
<laughs> I coming from a, a working class kind of background, I I had kind of always been trying to come up with some kind of idea of a business that would make me heaps of money. <laughs> and with the dog walking business, it was it, it's a wonderful business, and I, I love it, and I'm so grateful to my little fairy clients every day. But I, I started, I tried to build that business up and I had a couple of people working for me and it just spun me out so much. Mm-hmm. Like it, I just realized this is probably not for me. Like it, I found it at, the, at that time, it's not for me. Maybe in the future I'll have a massive business. But what I realized was that you can actually give your money to people who are genius business owners mm-hmm. and they can grow it for you. Yes. Yep. And that realization that I, I don't have to have the responsibility of running a company in order to grow my wealth and in order to do well was just like such a light bulb moment mm-hmm. realizing. And I think it's so, so important because I read this statistic that 60% of small businesses in Australia fail and I don't know how that stacks up in it's, the States. It's, I think it's even higher in the States. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, within the first three years. Yes. Oh, for 60% sure. 60% within the first three years fail. And I was so fortunate to have come up with this brilliant idea of a dog walking business that had zero startup costs, like yep. very low running costs. It's such a good little business for anyone wanting to get into that. Highly recommend it. But yeah, it's 60% fail. And that's because we're not all designed for it, I think. Right. And realizing that other people are mm-hmm. and knowing what your strengths are at certain phases in your life, I think is really, really empowering. So that was that was it. I wanted to do well. I wanted to have a very comfortable I don't need to be a squillionaire, mm-hmm. but I want to be comfortable and I want to have a comfortable retirement and, and investing is the only way that I can see for myself at this stage to accomplish that. I, that was a I, long-winded I, response. <laughs> well, I, I love it. And thanks for the, you know, the, the transparent comments there on being an entrepreneur. I've, I've had ventures before that have failed and I was definitely within those three years and mm. and it's tough it's really tough whatever business you start it's no easy road but uh you find the little things that get you through and get you excited about it and and you can grow the business eventually but sometimes it just doesn't work out tonight yeah mm. absolutely <laughs> yeah I think if those those are the statistics that it isn't gonna work for everyone right it's right. like yeah, why not give it to someone who knows what they're doing? Right. And well, what's the, nice about investing is there's no friction. Like uh, I was talking to somebody about this who he wasn't familiar with investing, but he's like, I'm really good at Facebook ads. And we played with numbers. And I'm like, so if I were to give you $100, could you turn that into $200? It's like, oh, for sure. I'm like, well, if I gave you $10,000, could you turn it into $20,000? And he started to think about that. He's like, I bet I could. And I'm like, if I give you a million dollars, could you turn it into 2 million? And he's like, oh no. I'm like, because you're dealing with economies of scale situation, whereas with investing, there's no friction. Hmm. You literally put a dollar into an investment. It could be $1, million, or 10 million. And as that business grows, like let's look at Square, for example, 
it's going to grow with no friction. And that's where you're on your way. I mean, wealth building is mm. through investing when you when you turn that equation. So, and you already know this through Phil's teachings, but it's instead of working for money, in this case, you make money work for you. Yeah. 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 So. And it's to, to think that someone who I have a below average income, mm-hmm. I didn't finish high school. I like, you know, had, had all of this debt hanging over my head and to, to think that someone who was in that position three years ago has been able to achieve what I've been able to achieve is very, very exciting. And I hope that that can be really encouraging to people as well. It's like, if this old schmuck can do it. (laughs) (laughs) Anybody can. It's it's just not that hard. It's just not that hard. And I love, what's the quote at the bottom of your email, Sean? There's a uh, perverse human characteristic that uh, where most people like to make easy things difficult. Yeah, it's so good. It's so true. Yeah. Warren, Warren Buffett quote. And it's true. And it's not just for investing, but a lot of things in life, people just make harder than it needs to be. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Good, good advice here. Really love that. What I'd like to do now is transition to what we call the rapid fire round. These are a bunch of fun questions. Um, and this is, this is where we get to find out who Claire really is. So if you could try to, <laughs> you'll like these, these are good. Um, okay, cool. If you could try to answer each question in 15 seconds or less, you ready? Okay. All right. What is your favorite podcast? Uh, oh my goodness. Uh, the, the think media podcast. It's all about okay. YouTube. Ah, I'll have to check that out. Yeah, you will love it. Yeah, I, I, I need tips and coaching on how to get better man, at YouTube. The main guy is called Sean, like you. Uh, spells it S-E-A-N? Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Irish way. <laughs> All right, next question here is, what is a recent book you read and would recommend? Uh, well, I recently read Rule One by Phil Town, and I All right. recommend that. <laughs> All right, next question here. What is your favorite movie? Ooh, Oh, this is so hard. There's so many. I'm going to have to say The Wizard of Oz. Going way back to a classic. All right. Real classic. All right. Next question. What is your favorite food? Cheese. Cheese? And cheese can go on a lot of things. Right away, I think it's pizza. (laughs) (laughs) And complain. All right. We get into a few wellness questions here. Uh, How much sleep do you get each night? I try to get at least eight hours. Good for you. Yep. I'll hear people say something like five or six. And I'm like, uh-uh, that's oh, not going to work. You can't even imagine how horrendous I would be on five hours of sleep. <laughs> can't this sustain that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what is your workout regimen aside from walking dogs? Uh, I, I swim a bit. Oh, really? But I don't really, not super strict. Yeah, I, I like swimming. Okay. Were you a competitive swimmer? Never. I've never been competitive about anything in my life apart from board games. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> I know Australia has always been a powerhouse in the swimming community. Olympics, they oh, always do very well. Yeah. Way too threatening. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, last question here is, if you could go back in time to give your younger self advice, what age would you visit and what would you say? Oh, I would visit myself when I got my very small credit card uh, a couple of thousand dollar credit card and say, don't do it. Do not do it. Don't do it. I like it. All right. I'll turn it over to you. Where can the audience reach you? Uh, I have a YouTube channel that's all about investing, um, and personal finance for everyday people. 
um, trying to make the idea of investing in the world of access, uh, accessing, investing uh, a lot more accessible to people. Go. So my YouTube channel is Claire Sarah, which is C-L-A-I-R-E-S-A-R-A. And you could also reach me on Facebook under the same name. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time here, Claire. What we'll do is we'll be promoting your YouTube channel when this goes live. So we'll definitely send people to your your channel. Oh, awesome. Thank you so much for that. All right. I loved hearing your backstory. Thanks for the time. Thank you so much for having me, Sean. It's been awesome. See you, Claire. Bye. Hey, I just want to say thanks for checking out this podcast. I know you're Time is valuable and there's a lot of other podcasts out there you could be listening to. So thanks for taking the time to listen to my guest story. If you did enjoy this podcast episode, could you head over to iTunes and leave a five-star review? That would be much appreciated. Thank you. And last but not least, on this podcast, uh, some episodes we do talk about stocks. And please keep in mind, this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. So if you did hear any buy or sell recommendations, please don't make those decisions based solely on what you hear. All right. Thanks a lot. See ya.